Hey, I'm Matt Hudgens, and he's Dave Balvaney, and this is Profitability MD. Dave, how you doing today, buddy? Great, Matt. How about you? Life is good. Life is good. Spring is here. I love it. The Masters was last weekend. Kind of get you started, get you going, get you all pumped up for the spring. The Masters is always uh, that sign that spring is close. Right. All right. Episode 121, Characteristics of a Successful Entrepreneur. Characteristics of a So where do you want to start with that? The... Um, well, let's, one of, what do you think is the, my daughter asked this a while back and said, what do you think the most important characteristic to be an entrepreneur? That's what the question was like, what do you think the most important characteristic to yeah. be an entrepreneur is? And as uh, I thought about it, I, I mean, that's a heck of a question because is it one? Um, but my answer was, I think persistence, that would That's probably, what I was going to say, persistence. You probably start with persistence uh, because entrepreneurs tend to be, like the ones that are successful, well, I'm glad you added it, characteristics of a successful entrepreneur, because if you're going to be successful, you sure better be willing to get knocked down and keep getting back up because not everything is going to go the way you expect it to go. Uh, yeah, no, exactly right. We, we were... Um, Persistence. We had that stat before. 80% of sales require five follow-up phone calls. 44% of sales reps give up after the first try. All right. 44% of sales people give up after the first no. 22 after the second no. 14 after the third no. And 12 after the four no's. That tells you that 92% of sales, 90% of people give up after four no's. And only 8% of salespeople ask for the order a fifth time, which so means they're all, that 8% does 90% of all the business. And so I would say that if you're the entrepreneur who doesn't follow up past the first time, you darn sure better be a good closer because- uh, Right, right, right. Well, that was, so we were talking to one of, uh, someone, I have two girls in college, talking to one of their friends, talking about getting jobs, and one of them, uh, you know, getting ready to graduate. And the idea was, you know, persistence, right? You got to, you got to go and, well, I was going to say one of the other things was, was you got to be persistent. You got to network, right? You've always got to have your tentacles in several different uh, areas, right? So um, I've got a friend who he, he looks for one job at a time and he talked to this person and he's going to wait till the next interview to the next. No, no, no. We need to be talking to five different companies, 10 different prospects, 50 different prospects and we'll just see which ones fall through. We don't just do one until they say no five times and then the next one until they say no five times. We need to network and have them all going on at the same time. And I can't tell you how many people just do one thing at a time. I'm just gonna wait to see if this thing at Coca-Cola turns out. I'm gonna wait to see if this thing at Home Depot turns out. Yeah. Well, you gotta, gotta network. And then the, the, the network to that, though, that's even better, would be the network to the networking, right? So, especially when I was younger, and I'm still pretty good, um, the networking is the key, right? So it's, I'm not asking Dave Mulvaney for a job or, for, or to buy my product. What I'm asking Dave is, you know, what are your thoughts and your opinions on my product, on my service? And then the magic question is, do you know anybody else that I can talk to? More specifically, do you know two or three other people I can talk to? And that's the network effect because I don't ask you for the sale, but if you like it, you'll end up buying. But what I did do is I got to two or three more people. And then what I do to that next interview, two or three more people, two or three more people. So you can expand your network really quickly. 
Okay, and, and I got to unpack what you just said because sure. what, you, what you did there was you uh, you overcame two things. You overcame some fears and overcame objections at the same time. A lot of people are afraid to ask for the sale. So while you're networking, you're talking to somebody who you want to ask them for the sale, but you have maybe a fear they might say no or or fear that you'll come off salesy or pushy. So you you packaged it in such a way that you overcame the fear, but at, at the same time, you also overcame the objection. It's You put them in a position where you didn't say, can you tell me someone, one person, can you tell right. me, you said, uh, who are two or three people the way you phrased it? So all in one, you, 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 the way you phrased it, you put them in a position that you overcame their objection of saying, I don't know anybody. And so all of that in one big sentence, Matt. <laughs> wow, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> so uh, I think, yeah, overcoming fears and overcoming objections is, is a characteristic, characteristics of entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs, because we all face fears. And I mean, a lot of times people will say you're fearless. It's like, no, I just will, I will do, I'll take action when I have, see fear. So, right, right. Oh, that was interesting too. It's funny. So, I was talking to another um, uh, advisor friend of mine yesterday, and the fear was raising prices. How much do I charge for a financial plan, for a college planning plan? How much do I charge? This is what he was talking about. His, and, and it's a process where you, it's almost like you have enough confidence and you're charging this amount, and then you're going to charge that amount. I think, what was it? I think it might have been Dan Sullivan who said, What's the highest you think you should charge? whatever, name a price, and then raise it by 20%. And then you're like, holy crap, I'm going to provide some really good value and really good, you know, stuff for that price. Ray Edwards also says, he says, what's the highest you think you should charge and then double it? Yeah, even better. That's, That's what he always says. And then double it. Because right. especially when you're super busy and somebody comes to you and needs your help, said, charge like whatever the maximum you think you should charge and double it. And if they say yes, you'll find the time to get that client. Done. Right. It's almost like the real estate market right now. Right. So the real estate market's going crazy all over the place. Right. And it's, it's like they're asking these astronomical prices for the, for, for their houses. And it's like, well, you know, let's just see if somebody will take it. Right. We're in that market right now where, where people are taking it. Right. Whereas a year ago, 18 months ago, you'd say, oh, I want X amount for my house. I'd say, oh, you're crazy, Dave. That's way overpriced. And now you're like, well, somebody will come along and make that price. There's, there's so little inventory that you're seeing these astronomical purchase prices, and it's almost that same concept in reverse. Well, I'd sell my house if I got five million bucks. Well, well, darn it. Now somebody's making a $5 million bid, and you didn't really think you were going to sell it, right? So that's a good, you know, overcoming objections or fear. There was another part of that which said um, – you may not be your typical client, right? So you may not pay for maid service, but your neighbor would, right? You may not pay for landscaping services, but your neighbor would, right? So, so Dan Sullivan always talks about um, go into the check writers. You know, don't ask yourself, don't go to your friends, don't go to your family. They're all going to poo-poo the idea, right? Go to the check writers, which is what I was kind of alluding to on my networking is what I call informational interviews. Hey, if I offer this type of product or service, would you be interested? How would you phrase that? What's the pros and cons of that? Do you know anybody else? You know, give, give two or the other people that I can talk to and get their opinions. 
on this product or service. And the idea is you go into the check writers, not your mother or your dad's friend. So then that would brings up another trait, uh, which would be creativity. You can't just do the status quo. You have to be creative about how you go and get clients. Uh, now, granted, that includes like when you're writing your million dollar message, you're going to be creative about ways to package words that, um, that, so creativity is almost always a characteristic of successful entrepreneurs. Oh, that's perfect, right? So got to be creative in your market dominating position. Got to get creative with your joint venture partners. You and I talk about joint venture problems all the time. You got to get creative with your follow-up campaign. I mean, they're basic structures, but the more creative or interesting it is. Don't get too right? creative with your, uh, with income tax. So I would just, we'll leave that at that. <laughs> no, you can be somewhat part. creative, but don't be too creative. Com compelling offer. Be creative with your compelling offer. Be creative with your upsells and your downsells, right? And your packaging, you know, when we talked about combo packaging, um, we talked about that with, with being creative with, and it's amazing to me how many people, again, I keep going back to this joint ventures and alliance, I get distracted, but it's being creative in that way in that so many people are so just trying to sell what they do. And they don't realize that they could partner up with somebody who has a complimentary product, a builder with a real estate agent, a builder with a, I don't know, a hardwood floor guy. I don't know, right? That, you know, the, the, the car wash guy with the pressure washer, the pressure washer with the roofer, the roofer with the landscaper, right? That just those little yeah. joint ventures being creative with them is, I think, the key to success, right? That, that it's, you didn't necessarily think of something new and out of the box. It was almost like you just had a different perspective or point of view on the same topic, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think um, one of the areas that I, I find, for instance, I think of you, and, and you're very trustworthy in that, like, your clients can depend on you all the time, you know, to, to provide, and so I, you can put trustworthy or honest in the, in the same, see, everybody always thinks of the entrepreneur who's who's like, oh, he's making a killing, but he's scamming people. And what, that never lasts. The real successful entrepreneurs that have long-term success over long periods of time, they're trustworthy. They're trustworthy with their clients. They're trustworthy with their money. They're trustworthy with, their, with, with everything. They're they tend to be, if you look at some of the most successful entrepreneurs, they tend to be married a long time. You know, so they stay married. Well, that also has to do with trust. So they're their nature is they're trustworthy as a human being, I think. That's a great point. We have uh, one of our people that owns a home health care business and, you know, trustworthy because they get to take care of their own mother, right? Their, their own mother, mother or mother-in-law, I forget exactly what the story was, but it was something about, you know, mother-in-law got sick and we need to figure out a way to take care of her because I worked and my wife worked. And so we came up with this home care thing and then we were getting the hoodlums out there and we were, no, no, we need to do it right. So then we had to build it, do it right. And then once we did it and figured out how to do it for ourselves, some friends started asking us to do it for them. And then we, you know, turned that into a business, but that's, that's trustworthy, right? That's trustworthy. That is, that's also you and I mentioned before solving a problem, right? Solving a problem for somebody. They solve their own problem. I think Dean Jackson talks about that a lot. Maybe Dan Sullivan, I forget which one, you know, solve your own problem. Then you could sell that solution to somebody else who's got the same problem you do. So I wonder if that falls under like 
um, entrepreneurs are problem solvers or they see opportunity in problems? Is that vision or is that, you know, those are two different things, but are they problem solvers? I think they tend to be, uh, but also do they see opportunity in the problem? So is that attitude? I mean, so there, there's, you, you see the, the, there's so That's, many traits yeah. cross over. Yeah, um, self-confident, self-confidence, and it's a good one. You just mentioned like visionary, and that's a term Gino Wickman uses a lot. You know, he's actually a disciple of Dan Sullivan, and Gino Wickman is a book, Traction, and talks about the entrepreneur operating system, uh, which is a great book, by the way, and visionary. But I've also had those people that are too visionary. In other words, they're always working on the next vision and never actually capture the cash. Yeah, right? you got to have an integrator is what, uh, you know, Gino Wickman would bring into it, but but – that means, so you have a vision. I, I like to, this has been a statement I've been using a lot that action is the doing part of vision. So you, okay. can, you can have all the vision you want, but then you have to start doing and that's action. And that's the, it's the doing part of vision. I kind of got it from a Ray Edwards quote. He always says, writing is the doing part of thinking. I'm like, well, if that's the case for visionaries, then, uh, basically action is the doing part of vision so you you can be a visionary and that's great i'm a visionary i see things that don't exist but i also know that all right when i see this i got to put a team together to make that happen right right you got to make it happen you got you got you got to take action that's what we're talking about too and we and we've talked about that before where you got to have the you know the vision and then you got to be the one to take action and then you got to be persistent about taking your action it's like losing weight right or getting in shape right? Here's the plan. We all know how we get in shape or lose weight. You eat less and exercise more, right? There's, there's the strategy, right? There's the roadmap, eat less, work out more. Then you've got to take action and be consistent or persistent with it, right? Hey, if I'm going to exercise 30 minutes a day, I'm going to eat whatever, I forget, 2,000 calories, 1,800 calories, whatever it is, right? Then you would need to measure it because there's this whole thing about, you know, measuring actually gets... They talk about if you weigh yourself every morning, then you're more conscious of what you're eating during the day because you're trying to lose weight. And you'll be like, gosh, I gained a pound yesterday. I thought I did a good job. I'm going to do extra good today, right? So there's, all, so there's this whole concept of, of measuring your progress, uh, where I was versus today versus yesterday versus, you know, Dan Sullivan talks about staying out of the gap, right? I'm not at my ideal weight, but I am, you know, three pounds lighter than I was a week ago, right? That, that don't say stay out of the gap. The gap is I'm not at my ideal weight. The, the, the progress is, well, I'm three pounds lighter and I'm exercising 30 minutes of the day and I'm doing the right things. I know eventually I'll get there. So there's, there's a persistent, there's a vision, there's an action, all that's kind of integrated. Like we just said that you got to kind of do them all to, to get to where you want to go. Yeah. And you, you, think you, you know, it's funny. Um, by the way, if you're watching or listening to this episode, we didn't talk about this. We just said, what are the characteristics of an entrepreneur? And we're, we're literally going through and you start realizing when you start unpacking it, entrepreneurs are, a unique, are unique individuals because yeah. um, it, it, they tend to be very tenacious when it comes to um, their, their goals. If they, if they really want something, they, they, they get single-minded of focus and going after something. And that's, um, I, I think these tend to be characteristics that everybody could have, but not everybody does have. 
Right, and then usually, I mean, just I'm thinking right now, talking about motivated and self-confident, and and so I've built, you know, my business is the way that I wanted to be built business. When people say it could have been done that way, right? You look at, you know, everybody talks about Elon Musk. Well, you know, darn, he's he's built the businesses he said that you couldn't be built, right? He's got the Tesla thing, and he's got the uh, uh, rocket launch, you know, you know, SpaceX. He's, I mean, nobody said you could do that. You got. Uh, Jeff Bezos, nobody said he could do Amazon to go to books and instead of books now he sells everything under the sun, right? So so part of it is, yeah, he kind of told me I couldn't do it and I'm doing it anyway, right? So there's there's that there's that personality and that's not a business personality, that could be a sports. It's like, I remember you told me once on your workout, you know, you don't, you're doing 10, you're going to do 12 more just because. Like, well, I forget, but you had a saying like that because you said like your old gymnastics coach that's or something. The one, it's my one more uh, theory. One more, that's what it was. Yeah, because uh, I knew that in order to really push myself, I couldn't think about the size of the accomplishment. And I'm going to, uh, I was an All-American gymnast, but during the year becoming that, um, we would do back handspring after back handspring after back handspring. And everybody on our team that was doing those all wanted to basically if you were the last one did the last back handspring you didn't have to run that night and so you got out of it so everybody didn't want to run there's only there's only four of us on on varsity and only three ever got to compete so um but at the same time you didn't want to be and i would never be the i was i would never run because i would just keep going one more i just kept saying one more that that is that is just I wanted to win, but that's right. enormous persistence. It is, yeah. it is. I can tell you, I can look back on that point in my life and say that is probably the characteristic trait that has the most significance in in overcoming obstacles. Because sometimes the obstacles in business get really big, and and so when you can just say, all right, I don't have to create the entire company tomorrow afternoon. But what I am going to do is I'm going to get out of bed. I'm going to have a good attitude. I'm going to have a right attitude about it. And I'm going to go after it tomorrow. I'm not going to worry about the rest of the month. Because yeah. sometimes as entrepreneurs, you know, financially, it can be, it, there's a lot of people struggling right now. Um, you know, there's people up north who not even, their businesses aren't open. And they don't even know, they're trying to figure out, you know, you may be listening. You may be trying to figure out how you're going to, you know, get this whole thing accomplished well don't try to accomplish the whole thing take one step at a time and i think that takes focus if, if you know just to focus on something small instead of something big but entrepreneurs successful entrepreneurs tend to be focused and sometimes you have to really um put your focus on something smaller than the big thing that's where visionaries can get oh I, yeah yeah well that goes back to you know we were talking and, and and I forget who says this. It's like, do one thing until you make your million dollars, right? And then you can have a, a second business, a third business, a fourth business. People talk about different streams of income, right? And it's like, well, why don't you just get really good at what you're doing now? And then you can worry about your other streams of income. Um, when you were talking earlier, it kind of reminds me of what's the typical entrepreneurial's journey? And we've talked about this before in the past, but it's like most of the entrepreneurs we come across are, are a couple of different, which was, Let's say that you're, you get out of college and you go into construction because your dad's into construction or a friend of the family's in construction. And then uh, that guy gets old and he says, hey, you want to take over my general contracting business, right? So 
Well, yeah, I've been doing it all along, and Joe, Uncle Joe is a nice guy, and I think I can do what he does, and so I'll just take it over, right? The, the, the moderation of that is, you know, get out of college, you start working construction and general contracting, and then you're like, well, Uncle Joe isn't that smart. Hell, I can be my own general contractor. I can do this myself. And so you figure out that, that you can do it. It wasn't that much rocket science. So you'll go start your own. Again, I'm just using general contractor as, as the example. Could have been an HVAC guy. Could have been a landscaper. Like, well, hell, I'll just do it myself. You might not have known that you were going to be a general contractor. You might not have known you were going to be a landscaper. But you just kind of tripped your way into it and figured out, you know, I learned from Uncle Joe, so I'll just keep on doing it. I'm just saying Uncle Joe could be, you know, Mr. Joe. Sure. Uh, same thing. Gosh, Uncle Joe isn't that smart. I think I could do this myself. That's how most of my entrepreneurs came out. Very few, and even Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, they didn't know they were going to own Amazon and, and Tesla and, and, and whatever it is, Rocket X or whatever. They didn't know that at the time, right? It kind of evolves for them. So, so there is this thing of, of, of persistence and creativity and vision, but also uh, you said adaptability earlier, but, but evolution, right? And, and, and what happens to these guys is they get really good at this one thing. They're get really good at selling light bulbs. You're really good at selling light bulbs, right? But then you got to fill in, backfill in all the, I got to learn marketing, I got to learn sales, I got to learn accounting and, and you know, get, how to hire and fire people, right? There's the, there's the whole back inside of that. And there's, there's the, the, um, the percentage of entrepreneurs that graduated college is a much smaller number than entrepreneurs who didn't graduate college. So there's a lot of- Is that right? Okay. Yeah, it's like massively more. It's like 77% of all uh, business owners in the U.S. D did not graduate college. Didn't mean they didn't go. But so right, that, right, right. that means they, I don't know what characteristic it is, but somehow they know in themselves they're kind of rebellious a little bit. I don't want to use rebellious because that may not be the right word, but there's a characteristic that, that they got at some point and they're like, I ain't doing that. So they like to swim upstream or what, but they like a lot of them tried college and it wasn't for them. Uh, but at the same right, time. Right. So I don't know that that's a characteristic, but it's, it's, if it's prevalent in like well over 70%, that, that says there's something there that, that, that they saw that wasn't for them. And so is that, I don't know, is that facing reality? Is that, um, <laughs> or is that self-confidence or is that just, you know, stubbornness, persistence, right? But it's, it's, it's actually this is a very interesting conversation because you start looking back and, and who are the most successful business owners that you know, right? And, and how did they get there, right? And, you know, my dad did it, my uncle did it, I just tripped into it. I didn't know I was gonna be an engineer. Well, I knew I was gonna be an engineer, didn't know I was gonna own my own engineering firm, right? You know, I don't know, I didn't know anything about lighting, I'm just a really good sales guy, right? I, I didn't know anything about financial services, I'm just a really good sales guy, right? Yeah. Or I was a really good stock picker, and and so therefore I went in financial services, but I didn't know I was gonna, you know, get into business coaching, right? That it's that it's you don't know how you're gonna end up there, but but there must be something like you said underneath it. How about that? The ability to learn or the interest to continually learn, right? I I think that is a big one. Is a, 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 a continual learner. You right? can probably, yeah probably learn. put that under hunger. There's a there's a hunger for. Um, knowledge there's a hunger for knowledge i mean this is a characteristic there's a hunger for knowledge there but it's it's skewed knowledge in that 
they want to use it to their advantage to make money. I mean, let's be upfront about it. I mean, right, 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 right. or how it, to do it better. Yeah. 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 Right. To, yeah. How to do it better to their advantage. Not, I mean, entrepreneurs could be athletes. I mean, but they'll study their sport. Like, I mean, that was something about Michael Jordan. He was a student of basketball and Tiger right. Woods um, was a student. So his hunger was, I am going to learn why the ball spins. I want to know everything about golf balls. And one of the reasons Tiger Woods was so good is because he understood clubs. He helped design clubs at a very young age. Well, why, how could he design them? Because he studied his trade, his, you know, he studied what, and, and that was, well, that comes from That's hunger. a great point. So, so, so like I think back and, and tonight you look at your own, your own journey. I'll look back at my journey, but just also about that, that learning and that continuing learning. Um, and I've given this advice to kids coming out of college, you know, uh, clients, kids, and friends of the family's kids. And, it, and it's almost like, you know, go and don't just do your job, but learn everybody else's job too. And not only learn what everybody else's job is, but how are they paid and, and motivated, right? So then you understand the whole system, right? So if you go in and you're inside sales for HVAC supply, right? I'm just using an example because actually one of my friend's son is doing this out in Vegas, right? And it's like, well, don't just learn about inside sales and who are the outside sales guys? And oh, by the way, you should figure out who gets paid more and why, okay? And then who's their boss, okay? And what do their bosses do and how do they get motivated and paid? And then who's that guy's bosses? And so as I go back through my career and it's like my first job, it's like I interned one summer at Merrill Lynch. And by the end of that summer, I knew everything about that office. I knew how much every person in the office made. I, I knew kind of how they made it. This guy sells bonds. This guy sells stocks. This guy sells to old people. You know, this is the office manager. This is what she does. This is the branch manager. This is what he does. And I knew everything about the Merrill Lynch Buckhead office after my summer internship, right? Then I go into my first job. I knew everything in the first year about, then I go to over here. And it's, there's this continual learning. And then what you mentioned before, so when I started my own business, I was working with another smaller business, trying to buy them out. And it, it didn't work out. But I did that, how would I run this business if it were me, right? That I know how they're running the business. How would I run the business? How would I built it? What do I like? What's working? What isn't working? And how would I redo it? you know, to my advantage, right? Better for me, a better lifestyle for me, a better efficiency. I like to say efficiency for me, yeah. right? And it, if you're a builder and you worked for a builder, you'd be like, oh, I, was, I worked with a general contractor I used earlier. And you'd be like, well, this guy, he's a great general contractor, great with people, but he doesn't keep good records. So, you know, when I start my general contractor, I want to have a CRM and, a, and workflows so I know where everything is so it doesn't fall through the crack because Uncle Joe over here just drops the ball all the time. Right. So you could be the general contractor, sorry, the construction kid learning how the whole general contractor works and how do we find our subs and when do we get them and how to coordinate them and how would you do it better? So then when you start your general contract, anyway, that, that, that is a big deal to me in that, that continual learning and 95% of people. So I worked in a big, several big corporations, a bank and a big fortune 500 company. 95% of people in that job are just doing their job. They don't care about me doing my job. They don't care about the neighbor doing that job. They're just doing their job nine to five and they come in and they go home. But because of that, they're not really a contributing to the benefit of the overall company. They're just doing their, 
but you got to ask those questions. How can I make his job easier? If I did this, would that make his easier? That's how you would get promotions inside a big fortune 500 company, right? You just did your job. That's kind of what they're paying you for. In order to get the promotion, you'd have to be doing a little more than your job or a little more insightful or helpful. So that would be, I put, would put that under not critically analytical, like optimistically analytical. Like I want to analyze all this stuff to see how it could give me an advantage, but also to see how maybe I could do it better. Because, yeah. you know, what Elon Musk didn't do is he didn't invent the automobile, but he did right. make a better one for sure. Right. Um, you know, what Bezos did not invent the book. Um, he also didn't invent online uh, sales. Retail, correct. What, what he did do better than, than the U.S. Postal Service and United Parcel Service is he became better at logistics than yes. anybody on the planet. Better at logistics, right. He is not a better retailer. He's a better logistical. <laughs> he moves, he moves products better, but that, that required analytics. And, and so all by accident now, he's got UPS and the U.S. Postal Service on their heels. Imagine right. that. It's something you never think would be possible that somebody could pass UPS. And, and, but here's Bezos, and he's way past them in terms of the amount of product that he moves efficiently. I don't want to say total amount of product. I have no idea right. on those, on those right. categories. But that's because he was analytical, and he wanted to know everything. If you read it, I've read his story. It's interesting story uh and i don't think bezos graduated college either uh another guy who went into college and didn't didn't graduate i could be wrong i uh but so these these characteristics why study the characteristics of entrepreneurs because if if there's one thing that is assured about entrepreneurs that that seek knowledge never stop learning you know it's that that attitude all of these are attitudes that anybody could learn. I mean, Zig Ziglar didn't usually do a whole thing on this. Attitudes can be learned. They're yeah. not skills. And, They're and that's a great point. So not, not like can this stuff be learned, it could be that you just need to refresh your own, right? So so when you started your, you're an entrepreneur, we talked to, entre we talked to business owners. That's, so when you started the business, you were aggressive and young and, and eager learning. And maybe some of the fires burned out a little bit now. So, so I would challenge you to kind of, look at some of these traits that you just might need to, you know, crank it up a little notch or, or reinvigorate these certain aspects, the, the continual learning, the improvement. You talked before we got online about a guy who's had a business and he just, it's just time to mix it up and make it better, right? That, that he's trying to recharge his own batteries, right? I was talking to a, a, a client and he's been in this business for 15 years, 17 years, and he feels like he's almost at the end of the career. And, and, and now we've been talking, he's, you know, I'm, I'm reinvigorated. He's like, well, I got another 10 years left. I'm, I'm in my mid fifties and I got another 10 years. We can do it one more time. And so, so we, we would tell you some of these characteristics to maybe to remind you of, you probably have these in you or you could develop them or reinvigorate them or, or recharge them. Right. And so, so the full circle would be, you know, characteristics of an entrepreneur and but this is kind of stuff we talk about in our mastermind group right this is what we do in our mastermind group and it's the characteristics it's the challenges it's the opportunities it's the creativity it's the persistence to, to become the successful business person right and we talk about you need three things to be successful you need commitment a roadmap and a support system we've got the roadmap and the support system in our mastermind group we just need your commitment to be successful right that's what this is about. These characteristics are things that can be learned, can be amplified, can be reinvigorated, all, all of the above, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
it's anyway. I get all excited about this stuff. No, and it, and it's good, and and, there, and and it's really good because I don't think. Look, if there's one thing we all need every now and then is that recharge. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think uh, after being at an event the la you know end of last week, right. I'm physically and mentally recharged because of be not only being at an event, but seeing other people that are struggling, entrepreneurs, but they're seeking. And yeah. that's yeah. a characteristic. It's like, look, I know I'm struggling, but I know I can see something bigger for me out there. And that's where the support system, a mastermind group, or even um, uh, individual coaching or group coaching can change everything. Because sometimes, um, you know, they, they say you, you can't read the label from inside the jar or you can't see the picture from inside the frame. That's where sometimes somebody else looking in from the outside can pinpoint like a doctor. When you go to the doctor, they can help. They look at your well, system. Perfect. I mean, you know, so I'm a golfer. That's my hobby, right? So, so I'm back to taking my golf lessons about every two to three weeks. They're not full-fledged lessons or, you know, 30-minute tune-ups, I call them. But because I get lost on my own or I over-exaggerate this one thing, they call it taking the whole bottle of aspirin instead of the one aspirin. Oh, you need to, you need to do this. And instead of this, I've done this times 10. And so now you take a good thing and you made it bad because you did too much of it, right? And so I know I play my best golf when I've got a golf coach that I go see every two or three weeks, just a little tune-up, right? I know that I'm in my best shape when I'm exercising 30 minutes a day and I have a little support group and I got little challenges. We're going to run a half marathon. We're going to run a six, whatever, 10K, right? I work best when I have little goals, right? Uh, and eliminate those goals. So that's kind of what we talk about in our mastermind group. Um, last thing our ears just will offer right now is we can find any business owner $50,000 in 45 minutes or less without spending a dollar more on advertising or marketing. That's called our profit acceleration session. So if you want to do one of those or you're interested in our mastermind group, uh, Matt at profitabilitymd.com, Dave at profitabilitymd.com, this podcast, profitabilitymd, uh, as well as profitabilitymd.com over a YouTube channel. Go YouTube backslash profitabilitymd. I think that's how you find us everything. Good stuff, man. I love the characteristics of an entrepreneur. You got to take action. You got to have vision. You got to be creative. You got to be persistent. You got to network. You got to be trustworthy. You got to be a problem solver. Man, there's an endless amount. Yeah, we, we couldn't cover them all, but let's face it. Um, all of those are great traits to have. And I think you got all of them too, man. So, all right. Good stuff, buddy. Have a good week. All right. Take care. See you.